Okay, hi everyone. Welcome to 20 and 20. This is the co-working edition. This is where we ask 20 questions in 20-ish minutes. We'll probably go about 30 minutes. Uh, the intention is to leave you feeling uplifted, informed, and inspired. I'm your host, Lisa Skyhane. In this particular edition of 20 and 20 and during the month of June, I'm connecting with industry experts, operators, vendors, and of course, most importantly, the people who help us to pay the bills, our co-working members who do all kinds of different things in different professions and industries. And we're learning how together we will weather this corona storm, if you will. So Michael, uh, co-working as a defined term has been around for over a decade, executive office suites for many decades, 30, 40 plus years, um, the office space in real estate industries, um, both residential and commercial, but especially commercial have been impacted like many industries right now. And I believe that co-working will ultimately survive and thrive. But I do also think, and certainly as the month and interviews have gone on, think that it's going to take some time. And so you as a commercial real estate expert in the last 10 years working in this field, I'm looking forward to talking to you a little more about this today. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Lisa. It looks like you, it looks like you have some rough, rough circumstances going on down there in Key West. I hear you are. It's hard, but it's a good place to be for um, a pandemic. It's Oof. taken me three months to uh -oh. convince my wife the same. Yes. Uh, but, Liz. Um, Liz joined us just now, by the way. I got amazing, all flustered. Amazing human right there. I owe a lot of my career to her, and she's incredible. So, Yes. I couldn't agree with you more, by the way, about Key West and weather, weathering literally a, uh, a pandemic. So I'm glad you're down there and safe and healthy, of course, is most important. So um, my guest here, Michael Neiman, is a managing director at Savills. It's not called Savills Studley anymore, though, correct? No, we're owned by British people now. Um, it's not pronounced, and pardon if anybody is offended, it's not pronounced syphilis. That is a sexually transmitted disease. It's called Savills. Uh, what? Do people, people pronounce it? They, it's been that? really, it's been a really big branding challenge. And mm -hmm. they say Savillis, Savillis. And it's just, it's bit, it's bit, that's been a challenge, but we have larger challenges now. So let's focus on that. And sorry to um, degrade the conversation right yeah, there. Yeah, well, we just, you know, might as well get right to it. That's what we're it's doing on the Savills, we were studly. We were, we were uh, the, the first and largest global tenant rep firm. Mm -hmm. Our company only focuses on representing real tenants. estate, you know, real estate tenants. And we are out in New York and we've been around for about 50 years. And uh, now we're owned by Savills. And, and, and I think it, as a company, we're getting into beyond tenant rep, I think more. Uh, capital markets, investment, sales, and, and and I think it all relates. But let's get to the questions because I feel sure. like <laughs> well, even by the by the way, as you talk about other you know expansion of Savills too, there is a subsidiary or I don't know what the right terminology is, but work there is the name of a concept or branch arm of Savills that was launched that is specifically your co working focused. That's right. um, uh, division, if you will, right, where you have brokers who literally deal with tenants, prospective tenants, to be placed in co-working spaces. That that that's right, because we represent so many multinationals, and pre-COVID and even now, um, flexibility uh, is a part of a real estate portfolio, and so work there was actually the product of an intern in Savills who pitched this to the brass at our company and said. Well, why don't we do what we do with tenants generally in direct landlord deals with the various co-working operators around the country? And it, it's not dissimilar 
to say a, a liquid space or any of the other platforms out there. But what we do different, we're brokers. And we said, why don't you know every operator in town? Because our clients are demanding like, hey, I don't want to sign a, a long-term lease right now, but I do have people and they yeah. do have kids at home and they do need to get out of the office. And sure. Well, and you're also not dealing work there, if, I, if I'm correct, or not dealing with generally individuals, one, two, four-person companies is generally larger. And so you also are taking a more hospitable approach and you literally have a physical broker going with a client to the various co-working spaces. They're incredible. And for us, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense for us as brokers to go work on these small satellite teams. You know, there's just no... There's no value. It's hard, but it's important because these are oftentimes really important teams. Like you have tech innovation teams, four or five, six person teams. And mm -hmm. it's like we're handling their occupancy needs across the world. This is a part of it. it and it's really good. And the guys that are running it, Dom Harding, um, Courtney Guthridge, they're just incredible. And for us, it's really nice because we work, we just get to hand that part of uh, a portfolio to them. And that said, and they're I'm off with the you. We're all watching what's happening and, and trying to understand how people are thinking about this and using Ooh. space flexible, spec, flexibly. But um, there's a lot. It's a lot. I am not Nostra, here, I'm yeah. not Nostradamus, but I will try just to speak. Well, we trust me. We're going to fill this time. I, I assure you. So you studied political science at GW University, and then you actually went to law school at the University of San Diego. Um, I know you dabbled, and that let's not go on about it because we got so much to talk about in real estate here. But you dabbled a little bit in law. But ultimately, and, and how you have an interest in co-working and ultimately got into co-working or into commercial real estate, you had a, a late night meetup in D.C. that you started right for co-working people. And that's how you kind of learned about it. And actually, the, the group was honored at the White House, too. Right. Can you tell us more about that? That's right. I, Andrew, a, a few friends. I got pulled into it later, but I, a, a late night co-working group called D.C. Night Owls essentially saved my life. Oh. I was a low-powered lawyer lobbyist in Washington, no doing that. and I was trying to start, um, uh, you know, my own business at the time, and I didn't have a lot of skill sets, and I needed to meet more entrepreneurial people, and it was, this is right, I mean, WeWork, I think, had maybe, you were probably still at WeWork, but there's probably had a few locations, 1776 was in D.C., a couple hmm. Uber offices was there, and we would switch between all the co-working spaces, and it was a group of about 100 people, and it was just lawyers, graphic designers, entrepreneurs, just the most eclectic group of people. And we would start at like 10 p.m. and work mm -hmm. till like one or maybe nine. And it was once a week. And it was this community that was, when I got into real estate, I understood co-working just really intuitively because I got it. it. I was looking for something else to do and people to work. I had this company called Federal Creative and I was making websites, WordPress websites for lawyers and lobbyists. And mm -hmm. I'm, I was just talking to a friend, Andrew Conklin, last week, who was the main guy of this group. And it, it just, it's unbelievable to network through that, through that. And so and, and, conversely, and when then, we were said community and stuff, I'm like, bullshit, pardon my language again, hmm. sorry. But okay. yeah. the, the community thing is not, not um, there, like with so many, so many operators that weren't doing well. And I don't think we'll weather this storm. It was I think community it's, I, and name only. I think it's going to be incredibly difficult to weather this storm. You know, yeah. it, well, it's going to trickle up and trickle down. So um, let me ask you a couple of key questions here. You've been in commercial real estate for most of the last decade now. So how has the landscape changed specifically as it relates to office space when you first got into the industry and, and now? When I, when I first got into the industry, VC money was pumping into 
my city, LA, just like there was no end. And every company has been growing for the last eight years. They don't need to make money. Co-working operators were riding that wave. And I think real estate brokers were doing the same. Mm-hmm. I've always been hesitant when you look at businesses that don't really make money and have no plan to get to profitability. How is this going to work out long term? Right. Um, how has it changed? Now people, now, now money matters. Um, paying your rent versus paying your people um, is a trade-off that we're all thinking about daily. And then you have, you know, federal aid programs, which are making a lot of people, as you know, think, okay, I have to keep these employees on for a couple of weeks. But the, the, the big thing is how, how people are realizing they can be just as efficient at home. Mm-hmm. Lawyers are billing just as many hours um, is what we're hearing from our clients. Um, the only thing we're seeing suffer is from not being together with your colleagues is creativity and innovation, um, which I think is self-explanatory. Well, and bit. I think people are burnt out a little bit right now on Zoom calls, too. So that creativity, I'm sure, is suffering because people don't want to get together. You know, right? the, the creativity comes when literally your vibes and juices are flowing together in one space together. So that's going to we'll have another question about that coming. And, you know, and well, in fact, why don't I why don't I ask you that question now? Let's talk about Jamie Hodari's, uh, Jamie Hodari, the CEO of Industrious, which is a brand that's very well known, uh, pretty well known here in the United States with over 100 locations on the coattails, arguably, of WeWork as a recognized uh, shared office space provider co-working brand. Um, He presented on LinkedIn uh, a a theory that he presented internally to their staff, which was a four-pronged approach called Work From Anywhere, which basically said, Uh, There will be a requirement for an HQ, a requirement for satellite offices that are closer to where people live to reduce commute time. There will be a work from home component going forward, and there will be technology that will be essential in order to unite and keep the communication um, cohesive amongst a team. Uh, Do you agree this is the direction that it's going? 100% yes. Um, Backing up, I think Jamie is one of the brightest people in this industry. I have an incredible amount of respect for him. Yeah. And by contrast, you know, I, 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 I've known them for about six years and I think they've just got it from the beginning and you can see it in their team and, and every real estate decision they make and every business decision they make. Um, I'll get into the, do I agree with it? it, it that's absolutely yes. I think that- And you've represented, by the way, Industrious in two deals in Los Angeles, correct? We did two LA deals. Mm-hmm. My business partner, Jerome, and I at the time did did two deals in LA. And what we really respect about them, it was really tough, it was, was the discipline that they had on not just signing any deal. Mm-hmm. You know, we were, um, were main and main, top of the market, they need this space, money didn't matter, get the deal. And even from the beginning, when they when Industrious was doing traditional lease deals, it was hard because we were looking at every deal, they would go a couple blocks away from Main Street, but it would be at substantially better economic terms. And they were the first guys to really get aggressive with landlords, not aggressive is the wrong word, but to, you know, hybrid management contract deals, percentage rent structures, and we said at the time, and I've been watching WeWork's demise in slow motion and saying this is unsustainable. I, I, I don't have a lot of respect for anybody left at that company because mm-hmm. of, um, we can get into it. Yeah. But I think it, it's only useful to show 
why Industrious is better positioned because they've got it from the beginning. They understood this is a low margin business. It's an arbitrage business. Um, but they knew they, you know, they wouldn't have exposure to the extent that a WeWork did or a Notel signing top of the market rents across the country. You know, right now, they, you know, uh, Industrious has they're in bed with landlord partners with substantial a assets across the United States who don't have a better operational savvy than Industrious, Heinz, EOP. They say, I have a crap load of vacant space right now. I don't know how to run this. I don't know how to be a concierge. I don't know how to make sure people are enjoying it. And it's, it, it's not like industrious. Yep. We don't need a, yep. And then, and then the best at it period. Yep. End of story. 100% uh, agree. Every one of my clients have ever sent there loves their experience. Their people take care of their clients and everybody says they're in the hospitality business. That was a cute way of saying, you know, after community, they actually do believe it. Jamie, yeah. Jamie and his I was going to say, careful, because, you know, arguably, you any of my members will tell you, yeah, that you, you too, we, we, I know our motto will, we, I'm, you know, not feeling, uh, we, 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 we feel we're bringing hospitality to everyday life. That's what we say a primary, you know, and, 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 you know, my team has is a lot of history and experience in the hospitality industry. That, um, the first time I saw an operator get it was the first time I walked into primary in New York with Dom and Peter Selleck at the time who went over to convene mm -hmm. and a couple of my colleagues and yeah. the vibe in there was just incredible. I mean, that's what co-working is. It was an eclectic tenant base. Health forward, everybody says health, wellness. You yeah. actually, you know, and it was just a, it was a place you want to work. And it was in the financial district, you know, it was downtown. Thanks, yeah. Right, or Zen yeah. Oasis in the middle of the concrete jungle, this is what we would say. Well, so let's talk about WeWork. What's the trajectory for WeWork, Michael? What do you I, think is going to happen? I think it's good money chasing bad. I don't think there's any loyalty to the brand itself. I think they, I mean, the proof is in the pudding right now. They're, they're changing senior staff there quicker than the, the current administration. Um, the other, the other co-founder, yeah, Miguel McKelvey, just left the company. You saw that, I'm sure. Yeah. It's Trump and WeWork. That's the, the C-suite changing. Our current people are leaving every day. Who's running that? And where are yeah. they going? And the brand means something, right? People know WeWork. For but sure. It's just, it's such a local business. And there's no national snickiness to someone that went to a WeWork that was nice and flat iron and then came out to LA. Every, every location has a completely different feel. A different, completely different composition of people there and resources, and it's really hard to stand up, standardize or scale. And my, like, I, I joked on a panel once. It's really hard to scale cool or yeah. <laughs> hard to scale community. I think it was. I'm not going to repeat dumb panel. It's lines, it's true. It's true. So here's another question for you: What's happening with your traditional office leasing clients right now? Are they re renegotiating terms with their landlord? Are they walking? Are they submitting good guy guarantees and walking away? Is it both? What's happening? Okay. For the last three months, all of our conversations have been about rent relief, um, short term, say two three months forgiveness or not forgiveness. Sometimes mm -hmm. we've, we've gotten some forgiveness from some clients, but we're generally tacking on that. It's a forbearance. It tacks on. So if the there's actual, the if there's actual relief, then it gets, you extending and, the term, but it's not, it's not a deferral. It's a extension of the lease. Mo, mo, most times it's, it's putting that those rent payments to end of the lease term. Mm -hmm. um, most people, 
what, what's happening we're, is a tenant broker, we're advising our clients to do the shortest term deal possible. It's anti, you know, what people think brokers just want to do the biggest deal now. It, I had a lot of anxiety. I had a, a, a client out of the East Coast wanting to open up a concept. And I was like turning in my sleep that we can't do a deal right now because the pain, the extent of the pain out there has not even been felt. I know. Uh, employers have been incentivized and, and I don't want to take away anybody that actually is feeling pain right now or has lost their job. But a lot of employers have been incentivized to keep, you know, most of their team on board to get forgiveness from federal aid programs. And, yep. you know, in the next month, I think these layoffs are going to continue and the need for space is decreasing. Yeah. Um, it, it, Jamie is absolutely right. Uh, hub yeah. and smoke model with teams. We need flexibility. It's the ethos of the co-working industry, but yeah. I don't want to go into the same office every day. I don't yeah. want to stand six feet apart. Like I'm in the grocery store to get into an office, build a class A office building elevator. Yeah. When, I mean, I think retail spaces, which are going to be hit the most are where people should want to be officing because you don't have to have that density. I mean, I'm a young person. I don't feel at risk. I'm not scared of Corona, but I, I can't go, you know, this is about, I mean, this has killed. We're not going to be comfortable as a country for, for years and you have to minimize your exposure. Yeah. And we need parking. Like a lot of malls are going to go out of regional malls are going to go out of business. And I I just heard someone say that maybe that becomes where co-working really and industries has been looking at malls for quite a, quite a while, but, yeah. Maybe you have you have food courts, you have some office space, you have some retail and like bad retailers yeah. go and Yeah. I don't yeah. Right? Did I just drift and not answer that no, question? No, no, no. Well, well just what are well no no not at all. I mean Riffin. well I mean sort of. I was asking here what the you know traditional ADD, office spaces are doing, you know, because because that's I think what what you know, typically when I was raising money for primary and when people would ask me, well, what's going to happen in a recession or a downturn economy, I would say that Regis or is now IWG, uh, the, a global recognized brand that with over 2,500 locations around the world in the last downturn uh, economy, they actually did better because larger enterprise level companies scrapped their traditional lease and said, let's downsize, let's take flexible terms. I don't want to sign for five, 10 years. I can't, I don't know what's going to happen in the future here. I want to sign a one year, two year, maybe three year max commitment and, and do that with a flexible or, you know, co-working or shared office space provider. So, so that's what I'm saying that I do think that co-working will survive and thrive, but I think some of what you're referencing right now is the fact that there will be there's going to be pain over the next, you know, 6 months and you know, you're actually catching me here on a on a, a day that I went into the office, you know, last 4 days and we're technically in phase 2 as of Monday in New York City and you know, we had in a space that seats nearly 750 people, we had 11 people in the space today. And in our midtown location, 12 people in a space that, that accommodates 250. And so certainly in the epicenter here, we're really feeling it. And it, it feels sad, you know, as a 20-year New Yorker, I feel the wound of New York City. And, um, and I, you know, the only solace I think that I'm experiencing right now or constellation is that I'm, that I'm one of, of millions of business owners that are going through this right now. So um, I think the mercy really that landlords have on operators is going to be a determining factor 
in, in who makes it through this. But I do think that there's going to be a consolidation wave also. And, you know, right after this, I'm actually jumping on with Jamie Hodari's partner, founding partner, Justin Stewart, who lives a block from he, me here in Great Brooklyn guy as well. to, to connect a little bit. And, you know, I know that they're doing deals right now direct with, with landlords, you know, and, and taking over this is spaces. The time. Yeah, I will say tremendous if, if, you opportunity. Are an, if you are an operator, yeah, right now is where you have the same opportunity. If you believe in this model going forward and you have the operational savvy, you can do deals at a reasonable rate where it's sustainable as a business model. When yes. you're signing top of the market leases, there's no way that, I mean, how does that sustainable? People aren't going to pay more than they pay for an employee, you know, yeah. their input for their office space. And yeah. by the way, you can, if you need a, a space, you know, oftentimes it's, we have a project, it's two weeks, yeah. it's one week. It's, yep. we need it, it. And that's not going away. It's just how do you turn that need that demand into a sustainable business model? And yep. who has the, the scale? million dollar question, literally. And, and that's <laughs> the only reason I touted industrious the because of they have the reach. They have the reach and they have the right <laughs> the pockets. mindset. They got and the cat and they got the cash, by the way, too. And, you know, I know in a management deal is it doesn't actually, it's not heavily capital intensive you know, or, or certainly not nearly as what it is to, to create a traditional lease, but um, but they raised over $200 million. So they got some cash right now. You know, Jamie, when I interviewed him a couple weeks ago, he certainly is bright and humble, you know, if anything, um, really just such a nice guy. But it, it seems like they're probably comfortably sitting on some cash, which is going to afford them a lot of opportunity right now. Which is great. It's really, it's really nice to have it's partnerships not, it, with your landlords. And um, it's nice, it's nice also when when good things happen to good people. So I, <laughs> well, I well, can't overstate that. And uh, and just one more shout out to their yeah. local person, LA Jenna Gregory, who's like another amazing example of why that, that they hire such quality people who yeah. get it. It's they're yeah. they're our part. They're my partner. They're my clients' partners. They're everybody. They're their landlords' partners, and they um. It's just a contrast between all the people who are trying to get in the industry after you, you know, once it became the hot thing and they found people to invest in them and had no clue what this was mm -hmm. and no clue what real estate, uh, real estate deal looked like. Mm -hmm. It was just raise money, open it up. It's a sexy way to raise money. And the, the industrious is one of the few groups, primary, you know, a handful of others, pretty much everybody that lives along, uh, keeps in the inner circle inner I mean, they, they get it and i think there's opportunities for all those guys because they're in in gals because um because now there's going to be so much vacancy you're going to be able to get those sweetheart deals that miguel and, and adam did yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. so do you see landlords shifting their thinking as a result of the pandemic here yeah they're calling their bankruptcy attorneys more frequently than their real estate attorneys um yeah 100 percent uh I mean, the dust hasn't even settled. Yeah. A lot of guys haven't fully comprehended that it's not just their tenants' businesses that are imploding. It's not just their businesses that are imploding, but their whole business model. You know, it, it is. Yeah. We we own malls around the United States. My grandmother is not going to go feel the fabric at a Nordstrom against her face anytime soon, and that's what's concerning. You know, I'm not going. Restaurants are low are another low margin business unless they're the hottest thing in town. And yeah. What, how is this going to be sustainable? Because you have a 3,000 uh, foot location and now you have, you're mandated to be at 50% capacity. Yeah. So if it's just say 
half the employees or well, I'm waiting for you to come up. I'm waiting for you to come up with I, the new, with the new, uh, what, what's the new model that's going to work, right? What's the co-working model that's going to work? I mean, ultimately, it's going to be management deals. I think is what I'm, you know. But so how do? Well, here's a bonus question, by the way. Where do brokers fit into management deals? You still negotiating the terms of management deal? No, it's. I, th I don't think there is. I think that you can advise your clients. You know, I think. I think that, 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 that initially that, that was a confusing topic that everybody wanted to understand the structure more and they were modeling things after the hotel, hospi actual hospitality industry. Yeah. And it was a big mystery. Now we have the structure. We know how they look generally. Mm -hmm. um, the broker, uh, literally they get, there's a consulting fee. It's essentially yeah. like consulting and, and it's totally worth it um, to have someone negotiating hard because it for, can literally save you tens of thousands of dollars in the perpetuity i mean it, yes. a deal that's why we said about we work it's a, the deal you signed today you know this isn't just a bad deal today this is about the next 10 years of this location yeah and and and, and so what people are going to go to a we work and pay more than they're paying for the floor below and direct space people aren't dumb and right now how yeah. do those co-working operators they, they can't survive when there is more vacancy in the building mm -hmm. and, and an operator, it, it's not a mystery. Like people like hospice, they, they, they want to come into the office and want, you want, if you're not a big company, hi, Michael, welcome. Here's your mail. How's yeah. everything? I met yeah. this person that would be useful for your business. You should definitely mm -hmm. meet them. This yeah. is why this business is hard to scale. Like you got it because you have two locations and you know how hard it is because you run them and it's really hard to clone yourself right now. We can clone animals, but we can't ethically clone people. And that's yeah. what it takes to scale a co-working operation because it's really the ones, you know, it, the, the, the groups that do well, they're in there and it's their blood, blood, sweat and tears, happiness. It is their life. And they're in there every day, making sure every single person in there, in their co-working space, every one of their members, every one of their little companies has every, you know, you, you give everything to them because they're paying yeah. you every month to be at your office. And how does that, you know, how do you do that at multiple locations? It's not like you can go pay someone to it. Well, you, know, you can it, do, it, but you can do some hospitality training, you know, as, as right. someone who worked with Danny Meyer, Union Square Cafe, helped right. open 11 Madison Park. I mean, Danny has 15 plus restaurants that are not currently open, but here in New York City that have been, you know, notab notably some of the best restaurants in the country, you know, 11 Madison Park, which he no longer owns and sold, though, to his general manager, best restaurant in the world, you know, awarded last year. So he, he's really good at scaling that feeling, so to speak, in the hospitality experience. And so I think that, um, you know, what's just tricky right now, and Liz and I were actually just talking about this uh, the other day, is that, you know, the co-working business, unless you, unless it's a familial affair in that you're getting a really low base rent um, or, um you know, or it's a management deal, you know, to be in any business, by the way, not just our industry and a business coach of mine said this to me recently that any business where the fixed expense is more than 30 to 40% of the revenue of which it almost always is in the co-working industry. It's a tough business in particular in a downturn economy, because immediately, you know, you're, you're treading water. So that's what I think is, is, is tough about right now. Um, how about I ask you a, a fun question and, uh, and then, um, and then we go into a lightning round. I'm so excited. What's the best thing to happen to you this year? 
I finally got out to the Florida Keys, and I am out of my apartment in L.A., and I yeah. clicked no on my internal company survey when they said, All right, do you intend to turn, return to work in the next two weeks? I said, absolutely not. No. I yeah. traded my wife two weeks with her family in Dallas next week for a couple of weeks down here. And I'm just, <laughs> and I even convinced some of, my, some of my colleagues who are out there on the beach to come down here. So I don't feel like a total piece of crap. Um, and, and I'm just so happy to be like in nature and yeah, nature. Like oh my water. God, mental health. Mental health is critical for everyone yeah. right now. That's that's been my and biggest you. concern here friendships. too. You know, friendships. Friendships. Honestly, through this whole thing, I've had yeah. I've been able to connect with people more often than I ever have before. My clients. Yep. You know, I talk to them. They they actually need real estate help right now, and I I and it, it feels it, and it and I feel like a dog when I like when I come home and the dog just essentially starts dry humping and he's so excited and whacking the tail <laughs> like every time Michael, I see a person in real Rachel's life. I still listening but these analogies are hilarious. Thanks. Oh my god you are too funny. <laughs> Alright you ready yeah. for the lightning round? Yeah hell yeah Lisa. Okay let's do it. Michael rename the coronavirus for us. Oh god. Six feet apart. <laughs> the six feet apart virus. By Luke what? Combs which is the greatest song created during this pandemic. What's the best advice you've ever gotten? have an attorney and accountant you trust with your life. That was from my grandfather and mm. attorney and numbers guy. Uh, I like it. Good. Great yeah. advice. Where are you turning for inspiration right now? Not related that's to probably you. not the best. That was just the first one I thought of. Go on. Sorry. That's great. No, that's Love what you. we want. First thing you think of. So where are you turning for inspiration right now? Not related to you. Someone not related to you. It could be a book or something. Uh, uh, my friends. I just. Your I'm, friends. It is your friends. Just friends and and people and, yeah yeah keep yeah. the positivity flowing are you an early yeah. bird or night owl it depends on the day both last night i was up till four in the morning playing guitar howling at the sky the night wow. before i was sleeping at 8 p.m i oh I my no, gosh no wow good you're a life person whatever's needed yeah. love it yeah. uh, what's your favorite word reasonable reasonable oh i like that i like that it's like fair, but yeah, reasonable. I like that. Uh, what's your, you and your wife, right? Love, um, love to, Carly is your wife, right? Mm -hmm. You love to travel. What's your favorite travel destination? Here, uh, Sugarloaf Key. Do you want me to oh, show you? Nice. Oh God, quick? sure. Rub it, rub it in for all of us. I'm Absolutely. not, I don't mean to do it. Here's my friends out there. Oh the, God, it's, so nice. It's, we had Ooh. some wounded warriors out here today. Like it was just so cool. Warren Sapp was just on the beach. And they went scuba diving off here. Oh my Reef. God, it was, awesome. It was awesome. So cool. Good, good. Now, what's an international travel destination that you want to go to next when we get those borders open? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I, my favorite, okay, let me go back real quick. I went on my honeymoon throughout Southeast Asia and mm -hmm. ended up in Tokyo. I thought that was the coolest city I'd ever been to in my entire life. Um, what was the question that you just asked me, though? Where do you want to go to internationally? Every I don't want to have to be. Just, you don't have like I a top three no, on your here's what I want. List. I want an RV. I want an RV. My wife wants no part of it. She thinks she associates you and Brian. An RV. You and Brian together can go in your RV. Okay, she great. associates RVs with opioid addictions. I'm <laughs> just sweetie. Like I, I found the one with good cabinetry, so she thinks it's nice. And it's like a boat, and I'm getting nowhere with it. And oh my god! So that's kind of what I'm thinking because I want to be able to get back. I want a mobile office. That's what I want. I want because I have. You want to be able to go anywhere. Okay. I, 
Yeah, what it's you called a leisure unit. A leisure unity van down? is what what down I'm into really. South America. Just keep going know. through all the borders. I, I think we have a great country here and so many night, interesting places to see. Ooh, and the northern I don't belt really is care. gorgeous. I don't care to go to a hotel or somewhere like that. I want a house. I want to be. I want to go see my business partner Grant during the day, who lives in Malibu, and maybe he has a kid inside, and I want to pull my camper van outside and have a little office set up. Oh and that's God, I I'm, love you. and and if tenant rep comes back, I'm gonna release this RV to my colleagues when they go on a tenant tour of my city because LA sucks to And you guys just put in. like you should wrap wrap the R V with some sort of like I think I could branding break even. or something. Yeah, you something. could use your marketing budget for that actually. Okay, so what's your favorite business book or podcast? Mm, um oh my God, pivot. Uh, Professor Galloway right now. They're, it's incredible. Oh, with, uh, I haven't listened. He's amazing. Oh my God. So yeah, damn. Scott Galloway Good. is incredible. I, everything I say, smart. I realize. Oh, he said that, and then I just repeat he's it. So he, smart. He, Brilliant. And really clear, and they have a good shtick. Um, best Pivot. business book lately. I've been. I stayed away from business books for a while. I okay. think. Pivot. Pivot's good. That's a good answer Pivot. for that one. Yeah. Okay. Here's the top. Wait, two more questions. Sorry for go. the anti-lightning round right now. I'm Nonsense. So long. This is how it goes. It's all right. Okay. I'm used to it here. I'm, I'm like 50 okay. interviews in. So um, toilet paper is the hottest top, hottest topic during the time of Corona here, Michael. Do you pull over or under? For what? Toilet paper. Do you pull over or under? Oh, God. You're going to make me answer this. I believe in Toto toilet seats. You know, the electric. Uh, you do? Things. Like a big day? I, I think they, this is another thing I got out of Asia. People think that is the weirdest thing to talk about. They're uncomfortable. Like, ew. I think, oh my God, toilet paper. That's ew. That's insane. <laughs> like, get this damn thing off Amazon for $300. You can read a book. You don't touch. It's much more sanitary. You're not cutting down trees. And I think oh a great gosh. business and anybody oh who wants gosh. to, we the need woman, to revamp the, the woman, Mickey Agrawal, Agrawal, I can never say her last name. She um, invented the period panties. Thanks. And so, okay. but now, but to, is it, it's called Hello Tushy. It's something that oh, you buy. That's a cheap one. That doesn't and, hit your seat. Oh, it I have, I have okay. this one. You have the deluxe. Hello Tushy though is an incredible, <laughs> so they're trying to make it cool. I think yeah. the way you do it is you put, and not to like, throw some supermodels on there saying anything less is uncivilized. You know, you try and the Instagram influence that. Right. These things cost $300. I was prepared to spend thousands when I came back from Asia. And I was you just said, because like, oh, you were and like, then, yeah, because it was the most amazing These experience. toilet paper things happen on the noise. It's like, oh, these idiots. Go on Amazon. Yeah. Get one of those. The yeah, not cutting down trees Don't part of it. cut down your trees. Don't waste yeah. your resources, guys. Like, I agree. power, stop killing forests. Don't I totally paper. agree. Tech. Okay, ready? Last question. Yeah. Here Sorry, we go. 2020 or 2021? Which do you choose? In terms of our world coming back to a... You can a make a question whatever you want. 2020. 2020. You're going to be 100%. here now. You're going to be here I, now. Yeah, yeah. Embrace 20, the moment. Yeah, yeah. This has, been, okay. this has been really cool for... You know, it's been sensitive to the pain... Sensitive to like me crying like watching food lines on you know the, the news and thinking about how hard it is for people that literally can't feed their families. Yeah. I just think change is good because I think so many people and businesses in our country as a whole have these just these patterns that that, that, are that people repeat right it. Yeah, yeah. And, and and I'm I'm an eternal optimist. So 2020. Um, yeah. 
and, like and, and yeah, that's yeah. it. And Thanks, Michael. I love seeing your face. Thanks for sharing this time with me from the Keys. Uh, I love it. We all love seeing your palm trees and beach there. And I wish you and obviously all your loved ones, your team, continued safety and good health. And thank you to everybody who tuned in today and who's going to listen to this in the weeks to come. Thank you. And anybody here that doesn't know Lisa, Lance is on here. She's in New York. Lance, Lisa, two amazing humans. Um, grateful to know you, though. Love you. Seriously. Oh, same, same. Thank Bye, you. Everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.